You're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, we're here to help you limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach, and I want to show you that living vegan is actually the superpower that will unlock your possibilities and give you the confidence to take on your next impossible goal by doing it your way. If I could go vegan in my 50s with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best. And there's nothing you can't do. Episode 100. 100. Can you believe it? 100 consecutive weekly episodes. Episode 100. Welcome, VegHeads. Welcome back, my Veggie Besties. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and spending episode 100 with me. I can't believe it. You know, most podcasts never, ever make it close to 100 weeks. But the goal, the goal wasn't to have created 100 weekly episodes. The goal was to be here every week. It's like being vegan. The goal might seem, it might seem the goal is to be a full-fledged vegan or 100% whole food plant-based. But actually, if you think about you think about it, the goal is showing up at every choice along the way. It's the process. And you know, in the past few weeks, a number of people in my, in my real life, not my podcast life and not my coaching life, but in my real life, people told me at least four uh, almost identical sentence that they had been vegan for a while. And while they were vegan, they had never felt better in their lives. But it didn't stick. This is like we discussed last week in the episode, There's No There There. Well, there was no there there for these folks because it's the journey of veganism. It's the practice of veganism. And that might sound hard or exhausting, but actually... It really is the best news. All you have to deal with is now. <laughs> and whether you want to limit the amount of animal products you're consuming, or whether you want to eliminate them altogether, and whether it's because your doctors suggested it, or you're seeing the results of inflammation in your brain and body and aging, or whether it's because you want to opt out of industrial animal agriculture, whatever your reason to whatever level you want to take it, today's podcast, I think, will help you see how we change the habit from the inside out. And it is a habit, right? It's just a habit, eating animals, using animal bodies. In the mid-21st century, here in the Western world, this is just a habit that we have learned from our parents and grandparents and from our culture, and from our economy. And I, I see no reason 
necessarily to vilify it or to overstate it, and I'm not even here to sell you on it. I assume that if you listen to this podcast, even if it's only once in a while, it's because there's something that resonates for you about the idea of cutting back on meat, fish, dairy, and eggs. And I know, I know that a lot of people have tried a vegan lifestyle. They've loved a whole food, plant-based lifestyle, and then they've gone back to eating animals. Because it's a a habit. Plain and simple. It's a habit that is reinforced all over our culture. The way the way drinking alcohol may be or the way smoking used to be. As a life coach, I learned a lot of tools, a lot of concepts and insights that helped me, that helped me in my life, in my relationships with my family, with my husband, in my work life in my health and fitness. These tools helped me and they help my clients with a variety of issues. And here on this podcast, I show up to challenge what most people think about eating the standard Western or standard American diet, which is heavy in animal products, because I just see it as a habit, as a choice that we make. And we don't even realize that we're making the choice. I think how we eat as a culture is a habit that's so ubiquitous, so reinforced by our families and our school systems and marketing, that we don't even realize most of the time that eating animals is just a choice. And it's a choice for most of us that we can quite possibly choose to pass up. Now, if you're still eating animals, if you're doing the same thing as most of the people I love on this planet, I am, just to remind you, the only practicing vegan in my family. So you are doing, if you're still eating animals, what I did until about eight years ago. So if you're still eating animal products and you're still listening to this, I have so much love for you. You are welcome. You are so welcome. I don't think you've failed. I don't think there's a problem. I think you're welcome here like any other human who hasn't quite accomplished all the things they'd like to yet. You know, we're all of us works in progress. No one here is finished yet, right? And if you're ready, if you're ready to start using some of the ideas we talk about here, If you are considering working with me on your goals, just know that I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help you increase your own authority over yourself. I want you to know that when you make a decision, that you're in charge of that decision. I want to help you develop your mental muscles. I want you to choose what you want, because that's what veg your best means to me. Practical tools, tools that will help you harness what you think of as your cravings or your desire for foods, foods you no longer want. And I want you to be able to stop negotiating with yourself and thinking that how you eat or what you eat is out of your control 
or that you don't have willpower or discipline or that your cravings mean anything important about you. So let's get to it, kids, okay? Today's subject is really practicing thoughts, practicing our thoughts. And a vegan practice, like any other uh, consistent practice, is practice. Simple as that. Because so often we think these things are out of our control. We think that our thoughts about life are out of our control, that they're the truth. And they may be our truth. I guarantee you, your thoughts show up in your life and in your results all the time. And when we're thinking about those thoughts, we might think they're not optional. But I'd like you to try on the idea that all your thoughts are optional. And you don't have to even believe it. That's okay. You don't have to believe me. I didn't always believe it. And sometimes I still, I still find some pushback to it. But I keep coming back to the concept that my thoughts are up to me. They're my choice. And they're optional. So you can always just do a thought experiment and see where it is or isn't true for you. And I think I think this is really an important distinction to make if you're trying to change something that you do a lot of. If you're trying to change, for example, your relationship with the foods that you probably grew up eating, that you probably spent your whole life thinking of as normal and healthy or fun or traditional. It's really important that if you want to change any habit that is reinforced the way our food choices are, that you know that as an adult, as a human with a body and free will and agency, that you do not reach out for something to eat until you've had some thought and feeling. And we've talked about that before. That's the think, feel, act cycle. That's part of the model where there are circumstances And we have thoughts about those circumstances, which elicit feelings, which then inspire our actions, and those actions ultimately create our results. And this is at work in each waking moment of your life, of my life, of everyone's life. You have a thought that you want something, that you hmm, should eat something, that you should do something, that you maybe you have a thought that you have access to something. And then you have a feeling. Maybe it's positive. Maybe it's negative. Maybe it's conflicted or scared or ambivalent. And the examination of this process, this cycle, is the process I work with my clients on. It's the process I do myself in all the areas where I would like to see different results. It's just about becoming aware of getting of getting conscious that, yes, we are always having thoughts. Those thoughts are creating feelings. And this is happening before we choose to do something. Even if it seems really, really, really fast. <laughs> See, sometimes, sometimes you can only start to uh, realize that there were thoughts and feelings that happened before you made an action, before you ate something, before you said or did something. But in retrospect and with 
training and with um, coaching, this is what we do. We, we start to get aware of this cycle. The thoughts, the feelings are happening before we take the action of eating, for example, a meat-filled uh, hors d'oeuvre at the party as it's being passed. Those thoughts and feelings come before we tuck into our grandmother's lasagna, even though we said we didn't want to before we arrived. The process we work on is to slow it way down and see that we have really been thinking and feeling and choosing, even in those situations where we didn't feel we were choosing. That the thought-feel-act cycle is in process, even when it seems like there were no options. But it can feel, it can feel, that that's why it's tricky sometimes, it can feel like we are not choosing. It can feel like we don't even know what's happening, that we aren't in control, that what we want isn't even an option. But when push comes to shove, most of my clients will realize just like for most of my podcast listeners, this is hardly ever true. It's hardly ever true unless you are in some sort of extreme situation where your agency and your access have been stripped from you and it's just you and survival right now. But even then, even then, the thought-feel cycle is at work. It just sounds something like, dear God, I have no choices and I must eat to preserve my life. And that feeling is life and death. Okay, I'm in terror. So the action that this elicits, this action is choosing to take and eat a sausage in puff pastry from the appetizer tray. Okay. Have you ever done that? <laughs> have you ever said it? Have you said, but I was starving and there was nothing. And the situation was impossible. Okay, we've all been there. This is our brain's way of shutting down, shutting down our creative problem solving, the problem solving we need for some sort of higher end goal. And then once you've popped that sausage and puff pastry into your mouth, it's so much easier now, right? Our thoughts say, oh, well, it's so much easier to justify forgetting about the plan, to not eat animal products, that plan, at least for tonight, just this once, what difference is it going to make? That's the thought-feel-act cycle. So the work, the work we do in coaching is to become aware of when this is happening, to notice that you are actually always in charge you're always at choice. And we want to start, well, poking holes in those things that we've all said. Things like, I don't even know why I crave those things. I must need the fat, the animal products. I don't know. It's just who I am. It's who I've always been. It just seems to always happen that way. You know, I don't even know enough about how to be vegan. And I'm really not a very disciplined person. Okay, I hear those statements literally every day. And I say them similar things myself about things that I'm still struggling with. We all hide there when we're struggling with making new choices, taking on new actions. We hide. 
We hide in confusion and overwhelm and powerlessness. But it's okay. It's okay. We all do that. And if you could just be nice to yourself, if you could just understand that we all do this, then we could slow down and see what are the limiting thoughts, the feelings, the choices that led to the goal we didn't want. We could get some awareness there. We can start to see how the think-feel-act cycle, the model I've talked about many times here, we can see how it's unwinding, always unwinding in our lives. And it might sound like a little bit of work, but it's such a freeing process. I think I think it's freeing because it reminds us that even when we're doing things we don't really respect about ourselves, it always makes sense. We're always doing things that make sense based on our thoughts about the situation and how we're feeling in that situation. Every single time that you had an intention to choose one way or not choose something, and then you didn't follow through on that intention, every single time it was because it was happening. That think, feel, act cycle. And when you slow down your awareness to see it, even when you just start to see it, you're going to gain so much compassion for yourself. And you know what? You're going to gain so much compassion for every other human you see who's doing something, choosing something that really doesn't serve their highest purpose or their life goals or their relationships or their health. And I think compassion might be the goal we all want. It's actually possible to start to interrogate the thoughts and the feelings that led to you choosing not to follow a whole foods diet at the restaurant or to not tell your mom that you don't want to eat the lasagna she made or to not order the chocolate croissant at the French bakery. We want to know the things that didn't work. There's so much wisdom there. Because it's not that it was actually impossible. It's not that it would hurt your mom. It's not that it was no fun. It's because you had a thought about the situation and a feeling and you made a choice. This is the work. It's simply to create awareness because because otherwise we hide in our stories and our dramatic retellings of the situations that I can't trust myself, I'm powerless. Once I start, I can't stop. I've always been like this. You know, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be that girl making demands. Can you tell that that was mine for a really long time? I don't want to make a scene. I should just eat what I'm offered. People went to a lot of trouble. As if what I want is not just as valid as what they want. And as if they, they, whoever they are, as if they don't want me to have what I want. You know, you have to really start to bring compassionate awareness to what your choices are. And my clients usually 
Most of them want to learn some skills and strategies to help them choose plant-based, to choose vegan even, even even if they're not 100% sure that they want to completely forever eliminate the consumption of animals. Because when you do that, when you commit for a period of time, you learn strategies, you learn skills, and you do it by practicing vegan choices in the real world. Even even if you don't decide to choose a vegan path long-term, you are going to learn so much about what you do want and how you do want to live and how you do handle being in situations where people are not on board with what you want or more often don't understand what you want and why you want it. Because that's generally what's different about my clients. Every single one of my clients at their core, they're ready to live on purpose. They're ready to make a change. They're ready not to just be in a default reactive space where others have been making the rules. And it can be hard. Not the food. Vegan food's delicious and nurturing and socially bonding. But the hard part can be the making those new choices, the telling people that you're making new choices, being nice to yourself when you don't make those choices. And finally telling yourself that, yeah, you actually are the one in charge and you've been the one in charge when you were blaming other people. That can be hard. That can be hard. That can bring up a lot of stuff when you realize that it was mostly you most of the time. But it's so freeing. Really? 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 It's so freeing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether your goal is to stop eating animals or to eat more whole foods. That is up to you. Only you ever, ever decide your goals. But while we're building our awareness of the habitual choices of animal products as food, while we're building that awareness, we start to notice how much of what we do every day, through the day, is around goals that are not actually our goals. When my kids were very little, my neighbor Kathleen, and this is about 30 years ago, said to me across our uh, common fence between our houses, she said, you know, if you don't choose on purpose, you're choosing someone else's purpose. Now, I don't suppose she made up that. I don't necessarily believe that was original to Kathleen, but she expressed it to me at a time that I needed to hear it, and it hit me between the eyes. I still remember it to this day, even though I don't really talk to Kathleen anymore. It hit me between the eyes. As a young mom who spent an awful lot of time and energy and brain space trying to serve everyone else's agenda, for good reasons, and still not having much left when it was time for me. If you don't choose on purpose, you're choosing someone else's purpose. So anyway, something to keep in mind. And I always encourage my clients to practice, practice by picking a time frame during which they commit to not 
eating animals. It could be seven days. It could be a weekend. It could be 30 days. It doesn't really matter how long. It should be long enough that you have to make some uncomfortable choices. But the idea is to sit with the process beyond just being at home or just being in a place where the situation seems easy to manage. But some people still want to eat animal products occasionally, but just not habitually. And some people still want to eat fish or they want to be able to, well, to eat artisanal or cultural foods when they're traveling or at holidays or when they're visiting their older relatives. Some people want to just experiment with taking a break for a longer period of time. But the point of picking a period of time is to simply not eat animals for a little while and see what that takes. It's not to make you vegan. It's not to make you plant-based. It's not for me to convert you. It's not for you to stop forever unless you want to. The point of taking a break from eating animal products is just to help you gain real awareness, to see that think, feel, act cycle at work every day in your food choices. And it's easier to see. It's more powerful to see if you can spend a little time with it. But then what, you ask? Then what? Okay, Michelle, I see that the thoughts and feelings are leading me to choose meat and dairy. But what am I supposed to do? Just not think those thoughts? I'm 50. I'm a grandmother. Well, actually, I'm 63. I'm a grandmother. I'm a busy woman. I've got a million things to do. That's no problem. It's really not a problem. You may have to trust me that it's not a problem, but it's not. Once you see the thoughts you are actually thinking, we can start to try on new thoughts. And no, it's not a big hassle. And no, it's not miserable. And very often, with some of them, it will be almost instant when you have awareness. Others of them, you might have to be a little more deliberate. And it's not positive thinking. Honestly, one of the things that people misunderstand all the time, yes, I teach about practicing our thoughts, thinking our thoughts on purpose, but it's not positive thinking. You never, ever need to believe things you don't believe. In fact, I think that works against the process. You don't ever practice thinking things you don't believe. We just want to remind ourselves to think the other things that we do believe, but that sometimes we forget when we're tired and when we're overwhelmed or distracted or we don't have a plan in place. We get to teach our brains new skills. But first, we need to see those brains in action. And the thoughts we have been just repeating over and over that have been leading to these choices, these actions that we don't want so much of anymore. We're going to try on lots of thoughts together, you and I. And you'll practice them when we aren't in the middle of it, when we're not standing in front of mom's cheesecake or a platter of shellfish at a banquet or at the end of a very long day in an airport food court. 
Because if you have a reason, your reason to limit or to eliminate animal products, if you have a reason to do anything, anything that you're not currently doing, then you already obviously have those thoughts. Thoughts about what you'd like your life to look like. Thoughts about what your doctor might have suggested you do. Thoughts like, gosh, I felt so much better before COVID when I was eating vegan. Thoughts like, I really don't want to give industrial animal agriculture another penny. Thoughts like, I know vegan is actually better for me and the environment. You already have a thought or two like those, but they're just not as loud. They're just not as practiced as the thoughts that say, whatever, go ahead. (laughs) Oh my God, mom's going to be so annoyed. What difference does one appetizer make? Am I really going to interrupt everyone's dinner to find something plant-based? Those are the louder thoughts. So remember, if there's something you want to do that you aren't doing right now, it's just because you're thinking another thought too. You have another competing thought. You believe all of them, but one of them you've probably been repeating longer And one of them, you've been rewarding with feelings like relief or comfort or the dopamine surrounding a glazed donut. Those are the winning thoughts. But you can make a process of remembering and hardwiring the thoughts you do want. And you can reinforce them. And these are not my thoughts for you. They're going to be your thoughts for you. But I can help you make the practice of rewiring your brain with those thoughts, the thoughts that you want. And you know the good thing? The good thing is that when it doesn't work, when you make a choice that isn't what you said you wanted to do, it will help you the next time because now there's a process for that. Now you know. Now you've noticed that you're always doing what you believe the most. So even if you're disappointed with what you did, with the choice you made, it's always going to be instructive. You will. You'll see how this thought-feel-act cycle is always working. So as my coach always says to me, you're either winning or you're learning. Really. You're either winning or you're learning. The goal is not to never make a choice you don't like. The goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to be aware. The goal is to realize you're in charge. Your life is yours. That is an exciting goal. And we can talk about some ways, some of the ways we practice new thoughts. And a lot of them are the same way people like myself practice learning a new language. You know I love learning languages. It's the same thing. It's a game. It can be like Sudoku or Wordle or playing bridge or chess or learning an instrument. We're practicing using our brains a little differently, a little counterintuitively. And honestly, as much as you may love getting better at Candy Crush or playing golf or any other new skill, learning to see how your brain is or isn't working to support your intentions is the most exciting game. It is. The more you practice, 
the more you practice the thoughts that actually do create something positive for you, the more you'll start rewiring your brain. You know, this podcast is one way you can do that, listening to this podcast and other vegan and plant-based media and thought leaders. These are ways I've always suggested you support the process of rewiring your brain. I've talked about that here many times. The reason I even have this podcast and that I've shown up here for a hundred consecutive weeks now, it's because podcasts were so helpful for me in normalizing veganism and whole food plant-based eating. I stopped listening to food shows that normalized cooking, raising, and eating animals, and I also chose to listen to middle-aged male vegan athletes. So after, after I became a coach, I thought, you know, this is really where I belong. I belong here translating the best of life coaching for midlife and older women who want to step away from eating animals. And I happen to know that some of my listeners actually listen to these episodes more than one time. I mean, I'm not saying they listen to them over and over, but that they revisit some of the episodes, and they get something different out of them after they have practiced some of the thoughts, some of the distinctions that I offer each week. Listen, this is just a process. It's all a process. And if you remember last week's subject for the podcast for number 99, there is no there there. Really, really all the excitement all the beauty of this. And I am a big believer that this is a beautiful process. Coaching is really a beautiful practice that I help you create for yourself. And the goal is great, right? Goals are great because they're an excuse for us to see what the heck we're made of, what we're capable of. You know, as what very often happens right after I record an episode, after I recorded last week, episode 99's podcast, There Is No There There, I ran into this paragraph by Gandhi, which would have been perfect as a coda for last week's episode, but you get it today. You get it today, kids, on episode 100 of Veg Your Best. The quote begins, Satisfaction lies in the effort, not in the attainment. We should always strive to remember that the journey is just as important, if not more so, than the destination. It is in the journey in which we learn things about ourselves. We meet and we rise above challenges. We grow stronger, smarter, more resilient. We often look to people who have achieved what we perceive to be success, and immediately we want what they have. We see the fruits of their labor, but rarely do we see their labor itself. And that is where the satisfaction comes from. Rising up to challenges, jumping over hurdles, pure perseverance. The reward or destination at the end of the journey is nothing but the end game. It's everything in the lead up that counts. Gandhi. Well, thank you, my veg, your besties. Thank you for being here for 100 episodes 
Thank you for sharing this podcast, reviewing this podcast. Thank you for uh, telling your friends and your family members about it who might be interested in eating more plants. Thank you for letting me spend time sprinkling vegan thoughts and plant-based ideas and allowing me to believe for you that anything you want to build with your precious life isn't just important for you. It's important for all of us. Ready to put those ideas to work? (laughs) This is your pitch now. This is it. Get your vegan or plant-based practice started or restarted or energized. Let's take eight weeks. What do you think? Let's take eight weeks to build a strategy together, a framework where every day you're either winning or you're learning. Talk to you next week, kids, for episode 101. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.